Now we're in another transitionary period where everybody is tired of looking at a screen. So we're kind of like, okay, back to the drawing board. What's next? That's an important piece about being a community leader. You have to be really on the pulse of what your community is needing and where they're kind of at. You're listening to Create Community. I'm your host, Marsha Drucker. On this podcast, we're exploring the human side of community. I'm chatting with some amazing community builders to define what community truly means. Joining me today is Carlina Waugh, a good friend and past Fuck Up Night speaker. Carlina is the creator of The Biz Mixer, a community for creatives, entrepreneurs, and small business owners to connect with and learn from their peers. Carlina is a young entrepreneur herself as the founder of an events company called Mini K Creations. Carlina and I chat about creating localized communities, bringing your IRL community online, mental health, and so much more. So let's jump right into it. Hey, Carlina, welcome to Create Community. Super excited to chat with you today. Thanks so much for having me. It's exciting that we get to reconnect again. I know it feels like it's been ages since we last talked, but it hasn't been that long. So to jump into it, I really love to get an understanding of how my guests actually became community builders in the first place. I think it's so fascinating how no one really sets out to be a community builder. We all just sort of tend to fall into it. And it's really interesting to look back at some things that might have influenced you to get to the stage are. So I know that you were really involved in extracurriculars and activities in high school. Can you take me back to that time? What was Carlina like in high school and what were some of those things that you were so involved in and finding and building community there? Yeah, so in high school, I was a part of a lot of different leadership teams in school. I was a choir kid. So I know like people talk about going to band camp. I went to choir camp. So I was in performing arts for most of my high school. I was in drama club and I was also part of the social team. So the role that I had when I was in high school was really just planning the events on a large scale. So planning our outings for high school students and just really engaging on that social side of it. And it was just something fun that I did. I didn't really see it as something that would be a part of my career like 15 years later, but I think that was my first real experience working with different types of people and having to work with the budget and engaging with community partners and venues to kind of engage student body. It was a lot of extra work trying to do high school and deal with all that high school is and puberty and all of that and also try to be a leader at the same time. But it was a great experience. And I mean, it was a trajectory to what I did in university when it came to student leadership as well. So I think it was a great starting ground. And even before high school, I was a part of different leadership camps. I started, I guess, the leadership journey when I was 12 years old, just learning how to be a leader in my own right. And I think a lot of those experiences really led to the work that I'm doing now unknowingly, because to your point, people ask what you want to do when you grow up. I don't think anyone really says, I want to be a community leader or a community builder. I don't think that was a part of our language growing up as a career. So I think it just naturally happened and I departed from that path in different ways to try different things. And I just kind of ended up in the same path, I guess, that I was meant to be on. 
I feel like I had a very similar experience in high school. And I think like those are the things that kind of define your high school experience, right? I don't really remember like what I learned in classes or any of that, but it was like the extracurriculars that I was part in that really still kind of resonate with me and the things that I still remember. Like I was really big into like business. I kind of knew at a really young age in high school, like grade 10, I think that I really wanted to go to Schulich and to pursue some kind of business education. So I started DECA, which is like a business club. Oh my God. DECA. I had friends that were in DECA. <laughs> How nerdy does it sound? But yeah, so I like started a business club basically and I led it all through grade 12 and I was part of something called Junior Achievement. So what did you end up studying in university and how did you find and build community there? So it's a bit of a journey because I managed to switch through three or four programs and two faculties. But I started my degree in science and business because I knew I really loved biology and genetics and I really wanted to be able to create a business out of it and have the ability to, you know, do my own research and whatnot. So I wanted to have both backgrounds. So I started in science and business and that kind of transitioned into a biology degree that then transitioned into a therapy degree (laughs) and then quickly finding out after going on a uh, four-month internship overseas that doing research in a lab and not seeing humans and just seeing samples was probably not something I wanted to do for the rest of my life. So I came back after being in Jamaica for the summer and literally went to my student advisor and was like just crying tears of like, I've done four years of my degree now I'm going to switch to something else. I don't know what that's going to be. And my whole idea of what my career is going to be is changed. So through a bird course, for people who don't know what a bird course is, for people that are in any of the STEAM programs, you try to boost your GPA by choosing some type of easy course. So an easy course of human sexuality turned into a full degree for me because I fell in love with the faculty and the professors and I was able to combine biology and human development and have a one-up on my classmates when we talked about the science of human development. I was like, I'm learning this in my biology class. So like, it was just a great transition to something that kind of felt more in alignment with what I wanted to do. But then of course, extracurriculars were happening at the same time. I was doing a lot with student orientation week and working through desk services and in residence and really engaging with first year students coming in and doing that peer mentorship. And then my last year, I was what we call a residence life don. So I was an upper year student. I had a whole floor of students that I was supporting throughout the year and programming and putting on events and basically building community within the institution. And that's when I found out that you could do residence life and student life support as a career. I didn't even realize that the people that were in the faculties were actually getting paid and getting paid decently (laughs) to just like support students. So basically applied and got in to work at a post-secondary institution working with students. And that I think was the more formal way that I discovered that you could work in a community-based environment and have a career supporting other people and bringing people together. That's such a great way to even start your career because you're still sort of in that environment. You went to school and you could relate to the people that you're building this community for. I think it's very drastic sometimes for people to jump into a corporate role or wherever it may be. I felt like the transition was really drastic for me. 
You started your career kind of like building community and then helping with student life. How did you transition into entrepreneurship and into starting your company? I know you had a Jamaica trip before that happened as well. (laughs) Tell me about that. So on my second Jamaica trip, there's a theme here, like any transitionary period for me, I just went to Jamaica for six weeks and figured it out. Pretty much before that moment, I had gotten to the point where my work was so demanding. It's a very high stress environment being in a helping profession. And when you're dealing with students and over 300 humans, it's you can't predict what's going to happen on day to day. So I was just getting to the point where I was legit just burning out. And so I had to make a decision of leaving what was my dream career in industry to kind of care for myself and figure out what the next steps was going to be. So I legit just gave in my resignation letter, left at the end of the semester and didn't really have a plan. I was like, I don't really know what I'm going to do after this. We'll see. So I left that role and it was a big shocker and surprise to the whole team because they were like, we totally didn't see that coming, but okay, sure. We wish you all the best. And so I went away for six weeks and kind of did a lot of self-discovery and really had an opportunity to think about what I really enjoyed about my role and what I kind of didn't really like. And I realized that over the past 10 years, it was really about bringing people together and connecting people. And so I decided to come back after that trip and I went into a youth entrepreneurship program and decided that, hey, I really like doing events. I like bringing and building community together. So I just decided that that's what I wanted to do. And I guess I had a benefit that my mom always did events part time, not like as a full time business. So I kind of had some exposure to the environment and had always volunteered for events and whatnot. So I came back and I said, I think I can do it. So I legit just went through this accelerator program and registered my business and just started finding clients. And I started my own community all at the same time and just said, I will figure it out. It'll work itself out. And here we are like three years. How did you decide to create the Biz Mixer and what is it for anybody who's maybe not familiar? So I'm sure many people, if you have decided to go into entrepreneurship, the first thing people tell you is, you need to meet people and network to build your business. So I was just following what everybody told me to do is meet people. And so when I was looking at where to go and where to find these people, a lot of the events would happen in the downtown core. And I'm from Mississauga in the Peel region. So for those of you who aren't really aware of the geographical scope, the downtown core where I lived was about 30 to 45 minutes commute down. So it would take about two hours out of my day in commuting to go to these events, which are all super amazing. But it just became a thing where I'm like, okay, I'm spending a lot on commuting and gas. And it just started adding up. And I would go two to three times a week to meet people and connect. So it got to the point where I was like, okay, this is great. I'm meeting a lot of great people, but I'm not actually making money in my business. So I'm really just spending a lot of time like meeting people. So... One thing that kind of came out for me is I would meet people that were in my neighborhood and I've lived in Mississauga for over 25 years and I would meet people that lived maybe down the street from me. I'm like, how have I not met you in my whole life? 
over two decades and we literally lived 10 minutes away from each other. So I was starting to see that there was a lot of people in the outer skirts of the downtown core that felt the need for community. And that's why we were traveling down to find that. Just from talking to people, realized that there was opportunity to create a community that was young entrepreneurs and creatives in the area that were proud of where we came from. And, you know, we wanted to be in our own neighborhoods and connect with people on a more local environment and still have that opportunity to go downtown for all of the larger scale events, but have people that were in our circles that we could drive five minutes to their house and hang out frequently because it didn't feel like it had to be this whole trip. So I started that event in April of 2018. We partnered with a little bar in Brampton and we had 20 entrepreneurs come out a couple speakers that talked about their journey through entrepreneurship and owning a business. And from there, we've been able to connect with hundreds of entrepreneurs globally now that we've been able to kind of do some of our programming virtually. So being able to connect with people, learn a lot from other creatives and entrepreneurs. My business has grown exponentially and I've been able to see people start businesses together, start initiatives, nonprofits have started people have been hired. So just really being able to see the power of community. And when you go in from the perspective of building genuine relationships and not just going in for the pitch and to make the sale right on the spot, when you can build the relationships first and think long term, it actually benefits you more in the long run that way. And also incorporating some more fun into the business networking space, because I would go to board of trade events or more formal business networking events. And I would feel like, oh, I have to dress in my business casual wear and have my pitch ready and my business card and all of these things. But coming to a business where it's almost flips that on its head where, you know, you can come as you are. There's a DJ, there's music happening, there's food. It's more of like social first. We come there to socialize, to learn and to really connect on a more personable level. It's such a great community. And I think for anybody who's not from Toronto or from Canada who's listening to this, like we're talking about the GTA, which is the greater Toronto area. And there's sprawling like amount of like amazing suburbs and, you know, like more residential places around the city. And those places tend to get ignored or, you know, people think that all the action is happening in the city and all the exciting entrepreneurship. And that couldn't be further from the truth. Like there's so much innovation and so many cool things happening within those suburban areas. And I think it's so incredible that you created it and you're really like shining a light on what's happening in in Mississauga and in your area. So tell me a little bit about the format of the events. You touched on it, that there's a DJ, there's food and it's more of a social What else would happen at those events? Like, were there ever speakers or, you know, like, was there a knowledge component to it as well? So we found a way to marry the two. So we have an element of fun, music, engagement, socializing. And then we always have a theme for the month or a speaker that is featured or panels that we've been doing lately. So we really lead with what our community is asking for or the needs that we see by engaging so we spend a lot of time talking to our community members on a daily basis and kind of checking out what they're doing in their spaces and we really program based off of what's most relevant to our community so every month there is a theme and we invite expert speakers to come in sometimes we're actually encouraging community members to actually take the the platform because starting the biz mixer was really also an opportunity for me to share a platform with people who wouldn't normally 
have the opportunity to speak in front of an audience. So being able to use our platform not only to bring in speakers that are a bit ahead of the audience, but also having that pure learning where people can learn from someone that they feel like they're in a similar period in their entrepreneurship journey. I totally relate to that with Fuck Up Nights Toronto. I think, you know, some of our best speakers are really like those emerging entrepreneurs that they don't have like the most famous company or they're, you know, just starting out, but a lot of the time so much more open and in what they can actually share and just like how relatable they are to the audience. So I absolutely love that. I think you were definitely a fan favorite speaker at Fuck Up Nights Toronto. So I think like that's so awesome to be able to give the stage to people that are emerging entrepreneurs and just starting starting to build something. It's so powerful. So I think it's really interesting that, you know, you created this like very localized community and you're featuring these amazing local entrepreneurs, but then COVID hit and, you know, you had to pivot to being virtual and I'm sure it really opened up the scope of your community. Can you tell me a little bit about what that transition has been like and, you know, just like when it first hit, how did you first react to it and how did you pivot and evolve through it? The honest answer is when COVID hit, I got together with some of my friends in the community and we literally just like had a shit fest of just being upset. For many of my friends, we're in the creative space or in the event space. So we're all just like, okay, so all the contracts we have are gone. Cool. What are we going to do? And our event for March was actually supposed to be seven days after they shut down everything. So we had planned and marketed our event to be a live event. And it was even down to when we decided to go virtual, that the venue was an intimate venue. So they hadn't even announced that they were shut down yet. So I'm like, so like, are we doing this event? Are we not? Like, I was just really at a crossroads of like, do we just postpone and cancel or what are we going to do? So based on the topic, we were talking about finances. And I think people felt like, I've lost my job or my contracts are canceled. So everyone was so nervous about how they were going to be able to get to the next month. So I was like, okay, we still need to do this. We just got to figure out how. So in the span of like 72 hours, we basically remarketed the whole event, took down all the tickets on Eventbrite, refunded people, relaunched the event. And we had maybe 60 entrepreneurs from all over the world tune in to that for three hours. And it was amazing conversation. We had people tuning in from the UK and Tanzania and Europe and all over that kind of were a part of that night. And it was just like a beautiful moment of just the resilience. And since then, we've been able to expand to many different countries by way of speakers and by way of attendees. And it's really opened up a lot of opportunities for people in our community to connect with different people, to learn from different perspectives. And we've just seen a huge amount of growth in our community itself. Now we're in another transitionary period where everybody is tired of looking at a screen. So we're kind of like, okay, back to the drawing board. What's next? That's an important piece about being a community leader. You have to be really on the pulse of what your community is needing and where they're kind of at. 
Absolutely. I think that's so important. And I think just like going back to those like early days of March when everything was so uncertain, you were such a big support to me, like just being able to, you know, talk with somebody else who's in the space, who's also doing events and, you know, just to be able to vent, but then also be like, okay, how are we going to do this? Like what platforms should we use? What works? What doesn't work? And kind of just like share some failures and successes there was extremely helpful. So really like, thank you for being there for me. And thank you for setting such a great example of like what can actually be done and then how these things can pivot. Yeah, it was super important. And I think not only did communities start to flourish or connect more over this time, I think organizers and leaders connected more. So I think there was more open communication between different people that are leading different types of communities or maybe similar communities. Whereas before we knew about each other, but we kind of worked on little islands, sometimes kind of visited each other. But I think with everything happening, everyone completely opened up in terms of, you know, okay, so we're all going through the same thing. Let's like compare notes and figure out how we can get through this. pre-COVID, before this like huge challenge, were there any other challenges that have, you know, come up throughout your business? And was there ever a time where it was like a really like dark time where you thought maybe you needed to like shut your business or your community down? Oh yeah. People don't realize how much goes into events and how much money goes into an event to put an event on. And when you are, you know, breaking even or you're not profiting, from month to month, you're just like, well, like, should I really be doing this? Because it's your blood, sweat and tears and your bank account that's going into this, right? So yeah, there's been months like that. There's been things with venues and partnerships that may not have played out the way you would have expected it to go. And just there's all of these factors that you go through where you sit down and you wonder, like, is this even worth it kind of thing? (laughs) Like I've had times where like I'm in my room on a Friday night before an event and like emotional and like this might be the last biz mixer I do because this is hard (laughs) and I feel like I'm doing it alone but then you know you go to the event you see the connection you see the community somebody shows up for you in a way that you really needed someone to show up for you or they offer a resource or they offer to help out with something and then it rejuvenates your love and you remember why you're doing it. It was the same thing for me. Like there were definitely some really like dark points. And, you know, I think like something that's really not talked about is just the mental health aspect of it, like being a community leader, because you're on like all the time for your community and you're connecting people. But sometimes we kind of forget to take care of ourselves and and really even think about a lot of us like have started our communities and it was never meant to be a business. And, you know, like money is not something that we would even think about. But at the end of the day, it's like you have to find a balance and you do have to make it something that's sustainable for yourself to be able to keep going. And I love that you mentioned the sustainability as well as leaders having to show up because those are two things that I think I can also say I've experienced that idea of you are always on and some days you don't feel like showing up (laughs) but you know that there's these people that are depending on you. Sometimes you have to just work it out and other times you have to be able to also be vulnerable so there's been times with my community i'll say listen i'm tired i'm burnt out i'm having a very down mental health day and i know i was supposed to do xyz or i was supposed to show up on live today or we're supposed to be doing this but i just don't have it in me and i think 
having that level of transparency with your community also lets them know that you're human. And it kind of takes that expectation and this high standard that our community sometimes has for us. Sometimes they can almost see you as superhuman that like emotions don't impact you. (laughs) And like realizing that, you know, when they're reaching out to you for a help or a resource, the whole community has access to you too. And as a leader, you also need the time to take for yourself. And by doing that, it's showing your community members to do the same for themselves too. Absolutely. It's so important. And I think like especially important in the types of communities that we're building, where our audience is, you know, entrepreneurs or just like people that are trying new things. I think our audience like gets that even more in some ways because they're going through their own challenges as well. And like mental health is just such a huge topic. And I think when as a leader, you do open up in that way, it really, like you said, helps them see you as as somebody who's like on their level and who's also a human. And I think it just like it makes them so much more forgiving, but it also makes people just like want to contribute more to the community and to be more a part of it. So what's coming up for the Biz Mixer and what's sort of your vision for the future? And I know it's something that's probably like so evolving with the times. I'm excited for Biz Mixer to go on tour. So (laughs) we're definitely in talks with some of our biz fam, as we call them, from different places around the world to do some travel. So I'm excited for that, to be able to collaborate with community members that have opened up their cities and countries to come and visit and host an event there. So that's right now what I'm super excited about is being able to see the people that we've met over the past six months and the people that might not have ever been able to attend a biz mixer locally, being able to go to where those pockets of people are and collaborate with community members. I think that's going to be really exciting. So I'm really pumped for that. In terms of what the current pulse is, it's just really listening to our community, seeing what they need, you know, concluding the rest of this year, just figuring out what's new. Like, what are people going to want to do when it comes to live events? Like, how how are we going to innovate again? Because I think we're at that pinnacle point right now where people want a fresh take on an event. So just figuring out what's going to work for our community now and just As always, keeping the lines open, seeing what people actually want to be doing and programming based off of what the needs of your community are. I think that's so important because like, yes, like the world of virtual events, it it opens it up so much wider and it, it really creates so much more accessibility with people being able to join. But I think the magic of events is in person and having those local connections. I'm really excited about the future where, you know, we're going to see innovation and how we can bridge that and how we can create experiences that are hybrid or, you know, I just heard a new term called digital, which I'm kind of obsessed with. I love. So I think that will be so cool when, you know, we can go back to doing something that is a little bit more localized and we're bringing people together in some way or another where it's like, you know, very intimate or people are like very spaced out and, it, and it's safe. But then it's also opened up to the world, really, and people can tune in on Line and really participate in a way that makes them feel comfortable, but they still feel like they're a part of it. Yeah. And I, I think it will be interesting to see what the fall will bring, because I know a lot of our outdoor events are happening now, like we're utilizing parks and whatnot. I'm interested to see how things will shift again once we actually have to be indoors because of the Canadian winter.
Let's shift gears. I want to chat a little bit about your personal community. I think it's really fascinating how community leaders actually navigate their personal communities outside of the community that they're building. So what are some communities that you're part of and, you know, why are they meaningful to you? Mm -hmm. That's a really great question. So there are a few. I am a part of the Fembot community, so they focus on women-owned businesses and entrepreneurs. Um, I'm also part of the women that freelance group so freelancers and i guess online there's a bunch of other ones like right now i'm in an accountability group with a bunch of entrepreneurs from atlanta georgia so like there's just all of these different communities but i think with that is really looking like to your point where we're building our own networks outside of our communities that we serve so i've just been able to kind of find little pockets of spaces based off of different identities that I find myself identifying as, I guess you can say. So, you know, being amongst other women and women identify businesses, people of color in terms of entrepreneurship and business, because in every part of our identities, there's different needs and things that are topic of discussion to be like, there's struggles that I will have as an entrepreneur of a person of color versus as a woman. And there's all of these intersectionalities. So I kind of look for communities that can kind of support in different ways of my personal life, whether that's like single entrepreneurs, because I'm single right now, or like people that are local to the area, just really looking at who are the people that I can relate to in different ways. That's awesome. I'm curious about the single entrepreneurs one. What does that look like? Is there like a matchmaking aspect to it? Or is it just kind of like to connect with like-minded people? Yeah, so it's kind of a mix where a lot of these groups will have people that are experts in that field and they specifically engage with entrepreneurs because I'll speak for myself we tend to focus on our businesses and our babies being our business and we don't really focus on a lot of the social other parts of our lives so we could be doing really well in business and entrepreneurship and then like our personal love life is just like well (laughs) needs improvement because I'm not really focusing on it so I think that there's some people that are relationship coaches or specialize in helping people in that scope that have found their niche amongst us because they're like (laughs) busy professionals and people that are building their businesses. They tend to not carve out enough time to really find their soulmate or partner. It's so true. Like I'm totally in the same boat. And I think it's something that's like, it's kind of hard to prioritize. But also I think you almost like really have to narrow down the type of person that you're looking for. Like a lot of the time, like it does work when it's somebody else who's like really entrepreneurial or like very like focused on their career and also ambitious and, you know, not... I don't want to say like intimidated by what you're doing, but maybe that is the the right word in some ways. Just somebody who's really like self-assured and, you know, just like building their own thing, whatever it may be, like whether it's their business or their career. Yeah, because it's an interesting lifestyle for someone to get used to. Like if they're used to like a check in, check out when it comes to their professional life, it's sometimes hard to explain like, no, I'm always on and like I have to choose to be off. Right. And even in entrepreneurship and being a business owner is really learning how to show up 100% in every part of life. I know sometimes for me, it's been hard to go out socializing with friends or going on dates and like not having my phone or not answering people from my community or whatever it is. And just really practicing being 100% in every area. So if you're out on a date, 100% be there. If you're out with your friends, be 100% present and just 
kind of treating that so you kind of compartmentalize your life in a way but in a space where when you're wanting to you know navigate through the relationship dating uh, situation it just is triggering me for my fuck up nights talk so carlina is a past fuck up night speaker obviously and yeah she had such an interesting talk where like the fuck up was about being professionally ghosted but it really kind of drew some parallels between dating as well it was such a good one i loved it and I just want to say, like, you've been such an amazing community member with Fuck Up Nights Toronto, like something that we really try to foster. Like we have an alumni community for past speakers where they can really like connect on the fact that they fucked up and they tried something in business and, you know, meet really amazing past speakers from like all different walks of life and all different industries. And you've been such an active member of that community and you've come out to like several events after you spoke and really helped support the speakers that have shared their stories afterwards. So it's so great to have you as part of the community as well yeah it's an awesome community that you've built and i admire you so much in all the work that you do i love it well right back at you so a couple more questions before we wrap up you kind of touched on this a little bit before with trying to be really like present with the people that you're with your friends and you know really like focusing in on that but i'm curious about how you actually choose those people i think it's so important like we're like people say that we're the average of like what the five people that we hang out with the most how do you feel like you choose the people that you spend the most time with do you feel like it's something that's kind of intentional or it just sort of falls into place it's interesting that you asked this because I was talking to one of my friends, McKinney Smith, and she basically shared with me what she does that's really awesome. So she spends a third of her time networking or engaging with people that she would hope to be like, so people that she looks up to. Uh, 30% of the people are like kind of going through the trenches with you. They're at the same level as you and they can relate to a lot of what you're feeling. And then the other third is working with people that you can help and you can serve that you might be a couple steps ahead of but you're able to give back that way and i've been testing that out and it's kind of worked really well for me to kind of feel like i have people at my level that i can talk to about my day-to-day stuff and what's going on in my business and struggles and successes that are kind of my peers and you know still having that give back feeling where i feel like i'm impacting and helping people but then also engaging with people that I look up to or can learn from. And I think it's kind of been a great way to look at relationships where you don't really put everything on one circle of friends or circle of people to say they need to be everything for me. You're able to create these different spaces that can feed your soul in different ways. And I think that's one thing in the past that I really didn't take into consideration. I would get upset with my friends and be like, oh, why don't they understand? Or why aren't they supporting this? Or they don't get entrepreneurship. But like, that's not the path that they're on. So they're not meant to be in that bubble. They're meant to be in a different bubble that serves a different purpose in my life. I love that. And I feel like I approach my friendships and relationships the same way and that I definitely have like separate groups for different things. And sometimes I do kind of try to bring them together. And that's always interesting as well. But I think it's so important to have those like diverse circles and people that are there for you for like different stages and just like different interests and and things that you want to be involved in. So my last question for you is, and I ask this of everybody on the podcast, what does the word community mean to you? Togetherness the first word that came to my mind yeah it's so true awesome well carlina thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me it was so much fun as always thank you this is so great it was a great experience and thank you for having me 
I had such a great time chatting with Carlina, and I hope you learned as much as I did from this conversation. Hop on Instagram to connect with Carlina at catchcarhere and join the BizMixer community at the BizMixer. Thanks for tuning in to Create Community, a podcast where I chat with incredible community builders to define what community truly means. You can check out the series on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you normally listen. Please remember to subscribe and leave us a rating and review. I'd really love to hear your feedback. You can also follow us on Instagram at createcommunitypod or check out our website at createcommunitypod.com for updates. Once again, I'm Marsha Drucker, your host, signing off. A huge thank you to Origins Media House for producing this series. You can find them at originsmediahouse.com, where house is spelled H-A-U-S, or on LinkedIn and Instagram at Origins Media House and Twitter at Origins Media.